0: Welcome, welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in deep southern Illinois is a man who thinks Don Garber looks a lot like the baby on the Gerber baby food jars. It's producer Mason. <laughs>
1: How are you doing this week, Mason? You know, I hadn't given that much thought, but when we were watching the finals, I did think that Jim Curtin looked extremely like Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys.
0: <laughs> and you would not be wrong. <laughs> I think I had an accountant that looked more like Jim Curtin than Jim Curtin looks like Jim Curtin, but uh, never mind. He needs thicker glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the voice of a man who's joining us for his uh, self styled cave that he turned into a studio just. For you, listeners, it's a man who never backs down when he's out to deny an obvious scoring opportunity. It is Sean Campbell. How are you doing this week, Sean? How many broken bones I do you am have?
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh. I have zero broken bones. I also have successfully committed dogzo and gotten away with it multiple times. I've never been red carded. So and that's a word hopefully on the I street. Can Keep that streak going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we have another member here, a man who decided to join this podcast for better opportunities with the first team and experiencing a different culture. It is Chris Zimmerman. How
3: are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. I spent so much time on the bench at my last podcast, I forgot how to speak. So this is uh, a great play. I Hopefully, I won't let my country down at the World Cup, but we all know it's coming.
0: Forgot <laughs> how to speak. Boy, that is buried on the depth chart isn't it <laughs> how many splinters you get a butt from riding the pine is what i'd like to know
3: <laughs> the answer is no yeah, i don't i, I got actually, it. i don't want to know yeah. uh, i got a few but the termite that was above me in the depth chart got impaled by one that tells you anything <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I still, Rest I just, I peace, really Woody. like um, <laughs> the World Cup of podcasting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> World Cup of podcasting. Uh, will we make I it out of
3: the, in out the country round. of the Missouri cheese caves? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait to lose seven one to the Cooligans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and they won't even be funny. That's the sad part. <laughs> well, the well,
3: thing is again, that never will, never will yeah, yeah. we. Um, yeah. So. Speak for uh, yourself. I'm hilarious, man. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Yeah, uh, spoken, but spoken <laughs> with the mark of somebody who is deeply unfunny. <laughs> uh,
0: but moving on, we got a big, big, well, kind of big show. Actually, we're recording a little off schedule. The schedules have gone all off schedule for us. And this is on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, still trying to get over the, uh, <laughs> well... Whatever that was that we watched yesterday afternoon in the MLS Cup Finals, but I sure enjoyed it, whatever it was, and we'll give a full rundown on that coming up a little bit. We got a little bit of uh, St. Louis City news to talk about here, and uh, the big one everybody's been looking for is the kit reveal, and we didn't get that, really. But you do have the opportunity, if you are a City Plus member or a season ticket member, to order it sight unseen in advance. Uh, pre sales went live uh, on the 3rd of this month uh, for, as I mentioned, the members, City Plus and season ticket holders. Uh, this kit is expected to be revealed on the 16th, since that's when everyone that pre sales can start picking them up at the uh, City. Uh, what is a City Shop or City Store, they call it the City um, Goods. They currently have city city yeah. Goods, the one in the stadium at the moment. Uh prices for the pre-sale, at least for the adult kids, was uh $165 for an authentic jersey, $99 for a replica, and uh only the home kit is available for pre-sale unknown uh, if it's only going to be the home kit that's revealed on the sixteenth. Uh, I had heard earlier that don't expect to find it at Dick's Sporting Goods in advance or even within a couple of days of the reveal, as they learned from Charlotte's experience last year. Any other thoughts on the kit from anyone? hundred and sixty it's I mean, a lot say. of money. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever paid that much for a jersey, let alone. Uh, if I've learned anything in my shopping experience, never buy anything sight unseen. But that's just me, you know. I'm not. I'm not knocking anyone that already pre-ordered it. I'm sure it's going to be exciting. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree that anyone
3: anyone who paid for that pre-order is a complete moron, and I speak from experience. Yeah, I. Uh, Ooh, hot <laughs> I like your
1: post, Chris, uh, that I saw that was um how it looks is only going to influence
3: if I buy two or three. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I uh I went for the replica and not the authentic. Um I've heard on like I've heard from people who've bought other MOS jerseys that the authentic breathes a lot better, but I'm going to be wearing a denim vest over my jersey 99% of the time anyway, so breathability is the least of my problems. That's so fair. I went with the replica. I will most likely be wearing it at the game on the 16th and um i've made plenty of bad monetary decisions in my life to even think about this one so i'm just gonna <laughs> let it ride yeah. yeah with
1: it being revealed on the 16th i'm hoping that the team is gonna wear it during the game Yeah, i will say last week <laughs> i'm nice, about yeah. whether or
3: not we were going to see this on the home game and someone <clears throat> mike talked me out talked me out of that belief <laughs> i'm never gonna listen to you ever again mike <laughs> If that is your real name, <laughs> <laughs> See, listening to him in the first place was your mistake.
0: <laughs> yeah, Why would I, I make up the name Mike? <laughs>
3: <laughs> because it's unassuming. That's what it is. If I could choose a name, it'd be Snake. Um,
2: uh, I'm am just throwing this out there. I think Mike is the real DB Cooper.
0: <laughs> yeah, and all the to him, all the damn money. F- Flew out of the suitcase, and I didn't get a dime, dime of it. Also, considering that I was probably less than 10 years old at the time, that yeah. was a big jump for a small man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Planned it up perfectly, aside from the bit where you zip it up. Suitcases only have buckles back then. I don't know. I'm a fetus.
0: I don't know either. I was under 10. Anyway, <laughs> let's move along. I think we've beat.
3: This My be- I Am Not D.B. Cooper t-shirt answers a lot of questions. It has people asking a lot of questions already <laughs> answered by this shirt. <laughs> <It hurts. laughs>
2: I don't know why, but...
1: <laughs> uh, now I'm just thinking about wearing a shirt that says, Have You Seen This Man? And it has a picture of your own face on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would oh, cost man. less than the replica jersey, home jersey for St. <laughs> like, Louis City. One would hope. But we can't be sure in today's... Uh, You know, inflationary times. Uh, Speaking of other things we're not sure about, it comes on this. uh, We're looking ahead because MLS Cup was yesterday. Now St. Louis City SC has their moment to shine as their expansion year roster build will really start taking off here. Well, uh, this week. How about that? Can't believe it's here already. Yeah. We've only been uh, Mm -hmm. talking about it for a year and a half on this show. And uh, the time has come because it all starts to click into place at noon Eastern time on the 7th, which is, by my calculations, more than likely before you actually hear this show, but after we record. Uh, It's when the uh, special uh, trade window opens, and uh, it will then close again on the 9th at noon Eastern time. This is really a chance for teams to perhaps... Make trades with before they have to, you know, put out their protected list. Uh, St. Louis City can make trades in this window as well, is my understanding. And uh, see what comes out because the protected players list is published on the 10th. Uh, that's uh, all those teams except for Atlanta, LAFC, Austin, LAFC, and DC United, uh, who had you got players- LAFC in there twice. Oh, who was the other one? Atlanta, Austin,
3: LAFC, um, DC I, United. I don't have it in my notes. Yeah, Is it's Charlotte. It's, the, an it's Charlotte would be protected too because they just started yeah. last season.
0: Yeah, you can't pick from Charlotte, and you can't pick from the five teams that Charlotte picked from. Anyway, other than that, everybody else gets to protect a certain number of players that we went over earlier, and uh, out of the rest of the players in the league, St. Louis City will have five chances to pick from their pick of those. And keep in mind, as we mentioned earlier, that whoever St. Louis City SC does pick could go into the roster. They could be picking for their their team, first team depth, whatever it could be. Maybe even to shuttle them off to MLS Next Pro if they think they need another year. Don't expect that to happen, but it could. But they could also trade these off for, uh, for GAM, which could be very useful in a roster building. And for trading for other players around the league that perhaps were protected, but the team wants to not give them away for nothing. Uh, That happens quite a bit. And then St. Louis City SC really starts the excitement builds on November 11th at what time, Mason? Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. To be determined. It was the last day we've seen. Yeah. Uh, It's only this week, so maybe they'll let us know before it happens.
2: (laughs) No, you just get it. You just get a, a last-minute notification on Twitter. Oh, by the way, the expansion draft starts in five minutes. Be there or be squared.
3: I get it's an email like... at ten o'clock saying it happened at nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: it's
0: like our local paper here uh, that. Uh tells you all the things that happen at this exciting event you did not know about because they didn't publish anything about this exciting event before it happened. (laughs)
2: Uh, (laughs) Ah, yes. You find out about the expansion draft after it happened, just like you'll be listening to this podcast after the window has already opened and closed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, some people might be confused. This is not the super draft where you pick amongst college players and other international players that are eligible under rules that even I find incomprehensible. uh, that is uh, to be held a little bit later, and we'll give you a heads-up on that as it comes along. But that is on November 11th. That is really the kickoff for St. Louis City SC when they do the expansion draft. Then you'll really know what's real, and St. Louis City will probably at that point have quite close to half of its roster already in place uh, for the 30-man we'll know about. And then on November 14th is the deadline for other teams To put in bona fide offers and uh, exercise uh, options and the player options uh, with the uh, other players on their roster then. And then free agency will open on an auspicious date of November 16th. There might be some big news before the big game to open City Park. (laughs) Who knows?
1: I'm just going to put in on the 16th, everything happened so much.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it'll be my new birthday, (laughs) but uh, that's what we got to look forward this week, and it is the most exciting week, to my mind, that we've had for St. Louis City SC, because this is when it begins. On November 11th, -hmm. that's the day it really, really starts, and we get to really find out what the shape of the team and how it's going to go, and how the roster's going to build, and then we could talk about whether it's good or bad or indifferent or... Ugly. Yeah, which, knowing how people are on social media, most of the comments will be about the ugly side. Yeah. Yeah. Because the people that like it or just don't care, they're not going to bother. But
3: we know how that goes. Yeah, we aren't going to win the World Cup our first season, so this is a complete failure. Fire (laughs) loots. I got news for you. In our
0: twenty-fifth season, we won't win the World Cup. <laughs> In our hundredth oh, season, why are we won't win the World
3: Cup. Why are we bothering? Come yeah. on, yeah. yeah. Why aren't we not?
1: St. Louis City can't even win a World Series. Why did we spend all this money on this team? Well, Sch- Schweinsteiger's uh, now I mean, over the hill. How many, how how many cups do they have?
2: How many Stanley Cups does this team have? Zero. <laughs> They're worthless. Just throw the whole thing out. Why did
3: we even get an expansion team? It's garbage. Can it? just wait fifty-two years. It'll happen.
0: <laughs> oh well when the 12 richest teams in the world decide to even take over the world cup not much less because the super league was so ambitiously successful for them um and they destroy oh, the God, champions league then we'll get uh, the big clubs taking over the world cup as well yeah but yeah. uh that's a podcast for another day but i'm already starting to take notes <laughs> Anything else on the transfer window, the build-up to St. Louis city, any comments from you guys looking
1: forward to, uh, really I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the expansion draft, obviously, but I'm interested to see if any money moves happen during this trade window. Cause yeah. I could see, I'm, I'm hoping that like that and free agency
3: are really when we get some heavy hitters in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait until Friday night where I spend up all spend all night watching YouTube highlight reel videos of people I've honestly never heard of before, and then waking up Saturday morning to find out they got traded for gam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that a happens a lot, and you get all excited when they pick
0: this player, and you think and you think and how they're going to work, and you find out you know within minutes that they've been traded for some gam. That yeah. that
2: moment when we pick a we pick a player from from a team that you know. Because we can from the expansion draft. And then we send them right back for more game than they're worth. <laughs> hmm. That That's... would be a power move. It's like, oh, what's that? You This guy's really important to your team. Well, you should have protected him. How much money you want to give us to have him back?
3: Hasn't that yeah. happened before? Power move. Yeah, we have we I'm gonna like bring a stack of new of magazines to city uh, headquarters this week so Lutz can cut out some letters to put some ransom notes in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see your fullback ever again, you will give me a hundred <laughs> give me a million dollars in gam, leave it under the tree in Forest Park, don't look at anyone in the eye. <laughs> can we just use like old old copies of the post dispatch to do this? And we waste the whole day
0: on the tenth looking through the Protected players list and who's available, and thinking, oh, this would be perfect for our team. And this is, and then Lutz picks none of them.
2: Yeah. So, like I said before, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He's out here playing 8D chess while we're playing checkers, man.
0: Don't overthink it, Lutz. Just build a good roster. That's what we want. Though, if you want to pick the best player in the draft that doesn't suit your system and then spin him off for some extra gam to pick up one that does, more power to you. That's at least 4D chess there. All
3: right. Well, that's the city talk.
0: What do we got next, Chris?
3: All right. So, we have a quick college soccer update, uh, focused only on teams the St. Louis area, so we won't go too long. But first, I have a very um deeply personal and shocking announcement to make. I was wrong about something. <laughs> Uh, this has never happened Some very, some very important oh details. Goodness. Um. Uh, let this be a lesson to all of you. Don't put your notes together five minutes before you start recording, because that's what I did last week. Um, I give seven minutes. So last week, I said that the Lindenwood men's team in their first year in Division One, uh, made the conference finals. That was not right. Um. First off, it was the women's team at Lindenwood. I feel a bit bad about that one. And also, it was only the semifinals that they made where they lost to Tennessee Tech. And you it's, jinxed them. Yeah, I did. I really did. <laughs> um, but it's still as your first year as a Division One team to make your conference semifinals. Fantastic. Fantastic yeah. results. So hats off to you, Lyndon Wood team. I'm sorry that I was wrong about everything about you.
0: Um, oh, but it's time for me to change my intro to you to a disseminator
3: of false information, Chris Zimmerman. But, uh, yeah.
0: Glad you Listen, got that correction. Listen, as corrected. of Tuesday, that's
3: not going to get me on trouble on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I love to go on the internet. See, and I <laughs> bulletproof people.
0: Now that I've said it, you'll have 100,000 100, followers by Tuesday. Um and and oh, right. now and um, everyone on this on
1: the podcast is going to bully you for spending eight dollars to get a check mark. <laughs> yeah. But in
3: uh St. Louis soccer news related to the Ohio Valley women's tournament that I didn't mention last week because they are the wrong Southern Illinois University. <laughs> Even though we're the nice Ooh. host to us. Um, The SIUE women's team won the Ohio Valley Conference, beating Tennessee Tech 1-0 in the finals. So they are going to be in the NCAA tournament this year. So uh, congratulations to the SIUE women's team.
0: Yeah. Your stadium
3: is in a cornfield.
0: (laughs) SIUC women had a good season and lost in the semis. So it wasn't Carbondale.
3: It was Edwardsville that moved along. And then the two St. Louis area powerhouses the, both sides of the slew coin, the women's team won the Atlantic 10 conference finals earlier. And by earlier, I mean about an hour and a half before we started recording for their Hashtag fifth year in feet, a row. Baby. So congratulations to them. So they will be in the NCAA, tur- NCAA tournament and probably hosting a few games as well. So look to that to see if you can see the NCAA tournament at Herman stadium. And the, Slough men's team beat UMass one to nothing in the conference quarterfinals. So they will be hosting Dayton 7 p.m. Wednesday. And then the finals will be at Herman Stadium on Sunday again at an unknown time against an unknown team, should they win against Dayton Dayton on Wednesday. So pretty exciting time for college soccer in the St. Louis area. We're used to winning, but
1: <laughs> let's just
3: keep up that domination, shall we? <laughs> Big things are happening
1: at, uh, at SLU, apparently.
0: You know you're doing good yep. over time. When I eat, people kind I of it take it for granted that uh, you're doing this. But anything else? Otherwise, let's move on to the one thing I'm ready to relive. And it may possibly have been the most compelling soccer match I have ever seen, no matter what league. Yeah. And we're talking about the MLS Cup Final between the first seed in the East and the first seed in the Western Conference that tied with the same amount of points. I like what MLS did. The tiebreaker is wins, not goal difference. Go for the win during the regular season. Uh, But was really hoping for a good match. Really hoping for a great match. I had no expectations we were going to see something legendary. Yeah, this is probably the
1: best
3: MLS game ever yeah oh absolutely (laughs) I you know after the game I went home I was honestly kind of sad because I realized like as a neutral I don't know if I'll ever see a game this good ever again or maybe not for a long time yeah um I do, if I may, I have to shoehorn something in real quick. Um, if you were watching the pregame ceremonies or the trophy presentation ceremony, you may have noticed a very large replica of the MLS Cup they brought out at Centerfield. Um, that was built by an old college roommate of mine. So I, it looked awesome, Carl. Thank you.
0: Good job, Carl. And what does
3: that make us? Absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, there was some uh, chit-chat on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, look at the pictures of the TIFO that LAFC put out with flares in the supporters section behind it. Uh, Apparently, there is very strict regulations in MLS about having flares in the stands for, well, just look around Europe and you'll know why. Um, But in this case, we're just wondering if the 3252, the uh, supporters group of LAFC, who's really quite good and uh, seems to have been well-organized from day one. Uh, whether they had did this in violation of the rules or actually reached out and got special permission, it is very much in the line of MLS to look at this as an event more than a game. It's one reason why Liga Emekis yeah. is interested in tying into MLS is because of their ability to put on an event. And I have to tell you, that TIFO I, was something else. Oh, that looked that, fabulous.
2: Again, Legal or illegal, it was good. I wonder if they got special permission because it was Guy Fox Day. Well, I mean, just that's the, why. That's yeah. why. A, test,
3: a testament to how good this game was is the fact that, like, by the end of it, I'd completely forgotten about the, like, just black smoke billowing up behind the Super Saiyan Tifo. Oh, that was so cool. That, that, that had been about three hours so previous, cool. and <laughs> <laughs> you saw a that lifetime of
0: soccer in the meantime. So, but, uh, Let's go ahead and start getting a rundown, and we'll kind of uh, give our impressions as we go along. And to give us a rundown, it's our very own Sean Campbell.
2: All right, well, before we get into it too, too much, I do want to say that this game literally had everything. It had suspense. It had back-and-forth action. It had goals. It had saves. It had penalty kicks, extra time, late-game dramatics, heroics from the people you expected it from, all in all, this is just an absolute barn burner of a game, had, and uh, had tragedy. I, I, too. I wish I could yeah. have recorded it.
0: Had tragedy too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and that how just could adds I forget to the
2: oh man, the
0: legendary status? Unfortunately, but it does add to the legendary status.
3: We will
2: get to that in a moment, but uh, let's let's start off with getting a scoring summary down. Um, started out the first the first goal comes in the twenty eighth minute on a free kick from Kellen Acosta. He puts it on the wall, and it just takes. An absolute, I, I don't even know how to describe it, uh, crazy bounce <laughs> off the wall and puts <laughs> it just out of the reach of big game Blake. And I, it, one I don't of, know how this game did not get run away with at that point because it looked like the soccer gods were not having it today.
1: Possibly one of the worst ever deflections off of a face
0: I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, but it was uh, a yeah. young midfielder who's been quite good for Philadelphia all season coming off the bench, Jack McGlynn. Their DP in their heartbeat, uh, Ali Badoya had a hip injury, tried to play against NYCFC, came back too soon again. He did not appear in this match. He could barely move. Um, mm. And uh, McGlynn was put in, looked a little overwhelmed during this match. He's the one that uh, when the shot came in, he kind of turned towards it to put his head on the ball and just put a perfect strike in past Andre
3: Blake on that yeah. broke his nose him. and broke his heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, this game was so crazy that a Scott Sterling own goal is like the fifth craziest thing that happened. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, in the, We got level
2: in the 59th minute, though, with Gajdog picking up a a bit of a miffed shot from Jose Martinez and turns and pokes it right in. We're level at one
3: here. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, it is, I guess it it was a miffed shot, but that miffed shot turned into the accidental best pass I've ever seen. That was a (laughs) gorgeous pass. It was a great pass. (laughs) And uh, that came off... Task of, failed
0: successfully. Yeah. <laughs> it came off, of, was it a recycled corner or a free kick? It was a set piece that got recycled around. It was a corner. Yeah. And uh, Martinez tried to take a, let's say, ill-advised shot, but it turned out to be like, you could hear curtain, well, you couldn't, but in your head you can, going, no, no, yes, <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was one of those Absolutely. plays. Absolutely. Uh, but before we, go, nightmare. before we go further with the scoring, let's give a little build-up. The soccer in this match was not of the highest level, but from the first minute, both these teams were fighting like crazy. I think the pass completion rate through the game was 70%. It wasn't necessarily... There, Philadelphia was really shaky at the beginning. Uh, but what it comes down to is both these teams are immensely great in the defensive presence in the midfield with their midfielders. And it just became so hard to make a play. They're banging each other. It was a physical match. Hmm. And uh, even though there wasn't any scoring until the 28th and the equalizer didn't come to the 59th, there was a lot of action going on in this game and a lot to make it compelling. And really, at the time, as the Union does so much, LAFC really seemed to be grabbing a stranglehold on this match up to that point. And out of chaos in the box, all of a sudden, the Union score. And they have done this over and over and over the last few years. Mm. And it befits them. And that sets up uh, what had happened. And it kept going. I mean, so much physicality. Uh, Jack Elliott had gotten the uh, six foot six defender. For the Union had gotten a yellow card early in this match. Yeah, like the 12th minute or yeah. something. There was a point where he, what do he do? He jumped up and got a elbow to the face of one of the uh, LAFC arm. and yeah. an arm, flicked out, could have possibly been a yellow card. Uh, there was a lot of talk and thought about it and time taken, but uh, Ismail, what's his name? Ismail Elfrat, the, uh, Elfath, the referee. Yeah. Elfath. Uh, he used game Ref management. of the year, I believe. I thought he did a very good job with the game management Mm -hmm. on this. In this case, he decided not to give the yellow. It wasn't an obvious reason to send somebody off the field that early in what was a very good uh, match for high stakes. Let them all play straight out. Uh, It just wasn't that severe. But, man, there was a lot of hard tackles. There was a lot of banging bodies. There was a lot of uh, bruises and contusions and head injuries in this match as everybody kept clanging heads going after the ball. Nobody gave an inch. It was compelling, compelling stuff. And even after, uh, the 59th minute, it kept up, but you knew something was going to have to break somewhere. And that leads us. Strong. And eventually,
2: Oh yeah. Eventually something did break and it came off a Carlos Vela corner kick in the 83rd. This is real late in the game. And, uh, jesus mario heads at home absolutely gorgeously lafc's up 2-1 now and you think and i know when i saw this happen i was like okay mm. this has got to be game over yeah that late in the game and you go up two one it's game over
0: that's it it's over it's done it's toast right and if yeah. that was it
2: it would
3: have been a good game yeah, would've been a very oh, yeah. good game. It would have been, been amazing. You would have had an food... like that. It would
2: have been all right. That was a good game. I got my, I got my free worth <laughs> of watching a yeah. game for free.
1: <laughs> Plus, if it had ended there, then me and Chris would have been the Nostradamuses.
0: <laughs> but like a that is true. TV advertisement. Wait,
2: there's more. <laughs> two minutes later, Philly responds with another gor- lot of gorgeous headers in this game. um he, uh, Jack Elliott takes takes the ball off his head, puts it in the back of the net after Kai Wagner puts in an absolutely beautiful free kick. It's just, it, it, and then ties it up in the 85th minute. And now you're thinking, all right, maybe we're going extra time. This is going to be exciting unless, you know, someone's going to score again. Hmm. Well, extra time happens. After um, seven alert, minutes of stoppage. <laughs> yeah. Seven minutes of stoppage. Do we even need extra time? Can we just go straight to PKs? <laughs> we've already played almost, we've already played half of it. Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> And the thing about
0: this match is the first half of stoppage time you expect to come out, give a little energy, try to get that first goal, and then kind of settle in. No, that didn't happen. You started to see some legginess and tiredness, waiting for that mental mistake that would happen. Well, there was no mental mistakes. Very, very few in this match. Uh, There's one tired, that we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, you know, but... uh uh On that one, the first half of extra time was still compelling, though nothing really too much happened. Was it in that time that uh, Corey Burke came out to clear uh, the pass ahead of him and just whiffed, and the ball rolls behind? uh, Boenga was chasing it, but he could catch it for a win over the goal line. Boy, the Union missed one, and to think that uh, Andre Blake is the one that would just make that kind of mistake is astounding because he's so good but he did just a little nugget to add to the craziness of this match
2: absolutely not so um but i think i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the probably the craziest part of this match uh if you haven't already heard um there was a a bit of a a harsh tackle um Corey Burke it gets in behind the defense, and it's just him and Cray yeah. in the 110th minute in an extra time. Yeah. And uh, Cray Poe goes sliding in because he's – he's it's, it's just him. He slides out outside the box to try to take kick the ball off his feet. Um, absolutely brutal tackle it looked like watching it. I was like, yeah. okay, that's got to be a card of some sort. And then, you know, originally he showed a yellow. Um, what ended up happening on the play, what happened was – uh Cray Po broke his leg going in for that tackle, and it was so bad that they did not show replays of it um yeah. and I think the weird the weirdest part about the whole thing is as he's being strapped to the stretcher and to be carted off, he's shown red for dog mm. so,
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, there's a lot of hue and cry on Twitter about uh, it should have been a straight red to begin with, but in this case, Var did its job. they had time they looked at it. He called the uh, the ref over. I'm assuming he looked at it. I didn't really notice right then, but uh, yeah, they did the right thing. It was clearly a red card. Uh, uh, also, oh, it absolutely. left uh, Burke on the ground for a long time as well.
1: And he had to go
3: off a few minutes later. I think he tried to go back in, but couldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just a rough situation all around because, you know, Carpeo, he. You know, Philly got in behind the LA defense, and Capelo he was left in no man's land. If he scooted back to try to handle it in the box, he could have just gotten shipped over. So he had to go out, and he had to make that tackle, and it that is that's a red. You know, there's no question about it. Um, but and then just to get injured on that's awful. And yeah, it is. Um, it there are a few replays. They didn't show a close up replay. But if you look at the the initial broadcast, you go back and watch it again, you can tell that um, his leg has been in ways it should not be. Yeah. Uh, so I hope, and, you know, right gnarly. before, right. And, you know, he was a pick for, to go to the World Cup for Canada. To have this happen just close to the World Cup. And hopefully, hopefully he can recover and have a good rest of his career. But that was, it was gnarly.
0: And uh, to have Stu Holden calling the uh, game for Fox who himself had a devastating leg injury on a harsh, ugly tackle, uh, be there and having to talk his way while they weren't doing replays and going through it all. Uh, was kind of rough to listen to as well, because he had to be reliving what he went through, because he was so promising as a young player in the uh, English Premier League and uh, for the U.S. men's national team, cut short due to an ugly tackle like this. And... As we've seen all over the world, so many people going to the World Cup are getting cut down these days and having devastating injuries, and it's just another reason why not to have a wintertime World Cup across the globe.
2: All right, back well, to the fun part. Um, <laughs> uh, after, after Cray Poe gets red-carted red off the <laughs> off the pitch, um, I had to make sure <sighs> that got in there. Um <laughs> John McCarthy comes on, they take Opoku off, because now they're playing down a man, they have to take a field player out to put the keeper in. John McCarthy comes in, and uh, so begins the campaign of this man who ended up winning MLS MVP, or the MLS
3: Cup MVP. And Something to keep in mind about John McCarthy, his backstory, is that he had been, his last team in the MLS was the Philadelphia Union. He had 21 appearances, but really he was the backup went back and forth between their um, second team, so Bethlehem Steel in the USL, played a few games for Inter-Miami last year. But, I mean, he had, he's 30 years old, if not a bit older, but he has been a journeyman in the MLS-USL complex for the past 11 years. So to finally come on at this stage, just... Cannot imagine. He's also from Philly, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that was part of his story. He's a Philly yeah. guy. He also played for the Rochester Rhinos yeah. in the USL. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's on a team with Gareth Bale and Giorgio Cellini. Only in MLS mm. does that really happen. Long live the Rhinos! Man, be uh, just legendary.
2: But yes, this is where the uh, the the MLS M- Cup MVP run starts. Um, he comes in, plays pretty well. From what I understand, from what I saw. Uh, we got it announced. We get the extra time announcement. Nine more minutes of extra time. This is where it gets. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Spicy. This is the kind of content that would normally be put behind a paywall.
1: No, this is when it goes it's insane. That
2: <laughs> really? Okay, spicy is an understatement. But no, this is like you not you. You normally would be like third tier Patreon supporter to get this kind of content. Um, in stoppage time of extra time. Uh, Jack Elliott gets his brace, brace at 120 plus four and absolute more chaos and absolutely slots at home. Philly has the lead for the first time in this game. And it's just is this this was just an absolute chaotic goal.
3: Yeah, like people when McCarthy was announced as the MVP of the game, people were laughing like he even let a goal in, but he made an amazing like first save off of the header. Just um like Ochoa did against Brazil in 2014, but it's just that every player from Philadelphia in history was in the box right there. So someone got off of the rebound, but that first save was, it was not oh beautiful yeah. save.
0: And, uh, you know, at the 110th minute, uh, LAFC goes down a man and you're just wondering, well, that's going to be it. And then Jack Elliott, the, de- Center back, six foot six, uh, scores his second goal of the MLS Cup final this late in the game. And you're thinking, oh, that can be it. And then uh, Julian Carranza has a chance and doesn't quite get it right. And I put on Twitter at this point, you know, LAFC is still pushing and all that tired legs we saw in the first half extra time, it was not on the field. They're playing this deep into the game and they are. All pushing and playing hard, and I just had a feeling that there was going to be one more moment of drama before this uh, rather long game oh, that nobody wanted to end was going to finish. Oh boy, did you get it?
2: You had to, you had to know that something was special was coming when you pull off uh, Carlos Vela and sub on Gareth Bale in extra time stoppage time. And Gareth Bale does Gareth Bale things. And he gets the header off. I believe this was off a corner. And uh, just, just open he, play he goes up and above the over six foot Jack Elliott to win the header in the box and sends the game to penalties at 120 plus eight. This is, it, it does not get more at the death than this goal ever. When he scored,
1: I the only thing that I said was, You're sh- me. <laughs> yeah
0: the thing is it's gareth bell baby that is the latest goal in mls history breaking a record that was what three minutes old four <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um on that it was not bale came on he had not been playing he had picked up another knock have we heard this before i hadn't played throughout the playoffs said he was good for told the coach he's good for about 30 45 minutes they brought him on You know, into extra time. Uh, He had about three, maybe, I think this might have been his fourth touch of the game. He wasn't moving much, and somehow he could still jump because he skied over the six foot six uh, Jack Elliott, who was one of the best center backs in the league this year, though he didn't get best 11. Uh, Too many good defenders on Philadelphia for that, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But he skied over him and just did what world-class players do. Even if they can hobble onto the field and they're there, that's how talent will out sometimes.
3: Yeah. You know, every podcaster, every person on Twitter, everyone part of the MLS social media sphere had been making fun of Gareth Bale for being the splash signing and then playing 10 minutes. And um, I guess he heard us because...
2: (laughs) You know, that you remember that time we were at a game and uh, we started chanting Josh about Josh Dolling and then he goes and scores a goal because he, he's like, obviously he doesn't like us chanting at him, so he's going to go score.
0: The big thing is Jack Elliott's from Britain, came to the U.S. to get started like uh, Jack Harrison, I believe, go through. He went through the super draft that way. His parents, his family was there at the game and watched him score two goals that looked like he had the game winner to win the league. And then he gets dunked on by a Welshman. <laughs> and he gets posterized by a guy part. that can't run. <laughs> it's, it, all of that just sums up this game. And the scenes inside a Bank of California stadium amongst the LAFC fans, if you get a chance to find some of those fan videos, they went crazy, crazy. Although they were also th- oh, yeah. they
1: were also throwing things at the Philly players after well, Jack Elliott Well, Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. going to bring that up too.
0: They were not on their yeah. best behavior. Let's say it was kind of embarrassing for such a great fan base. It was just miserable that mm. a few ruined it.
2: It's a high emotion game. It was high stakes. This was. I mean, I'm not saying it's okay that they were throwing stuff around, but like, it's almost expected at this level. Uh, When you get to the final, you're running hot. You're on adrenaline the entire time. I guarantee you most most people, like, didn't sit down the entire match. But at the same time, it's just everything's racing. The mind's going. You're acting on instinct every
3: single chance you get. So I'm not saying it was okay, but it was expected in in my opinion. it, It shouldn't be expected. This isn't the precedent you want to set at all. Um no, like I, I'm just harsh. No, no, don't do it. I don't care how high emotions are. You paid money for that beer anyway. Why you're throwing it? If you're sad, chug it. Don't throw it.
0: Yeah, that's
3: fair. <laughs> it's you know if uh, just
0: proper social behavior is goes away at the drop of a hat. It's a sad comment, but it's not just in the MLS in MLS in America. Look at what's happened in League One this year, where they've had multiple uh matches scrap because of bad fan behavior. Uh what goes on in Mexico with the uh, has always gone on but with the homophobic chance that the fans just will not stop doing even though it harms their teams. It is a worldwide phenomenon that uh, just proper social behavior is no longer in the front of anyone's minds or, you know, part of their uh the fiber of their being, it seems kind of a sad commentary in what was a pretty wonderful three hours of experience here.
2: Speaking of the three hours, we still have PKs to go over, everybody. <laughs> That's right. There's more!
3: Um, this is the game beautiful beautiful that
0: showing. never ends. <laughs> we hoped. Us watching it did not want this to end. We wanted it to no. play another two, three pe- uh, periods of extra time on this one. It was so compelling.
2: Can we convince MLS to since they're already changing the playoff format, can we just change the way that the games are run and we just do uh continuous overtime extra time periods until someone scores?
1: Yeah, so you play <laughs> like, one like <laughs> NHL playoffs. <laughs> you play one regular extra time and then you play a second extra time that's golden goal. <laughs> and then
0: it just keeps no, going. No, 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 golden no. no, no.
1: They no, run no, no, no! It's subs. not golden just, goal after
0: that. Just yeah. guys collapse on the field. You just drag them off. Keep playing until somebody. Just, just wins. do what the MLS does. <laughs> you start ordering pizza
2: to the locker room in do between what, each extra time. But you have to play the full extra time.
3: It's not golden goal. goal. Does, you play the full some, extra time. Do what the NHL does. Roll out some like smaller goals and play seven on seven like sideways <laughs> I on was, the field. I was gonna say yeah, three <laughs> on three. <laughs> And if it goes too late, you get the, the game is settled by
2: the coaches playing a game of foosball at center field.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are basically Most, just in high stakes. We're inventing a cricket game
0: that's soccer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. But, but the, yes, PKs.
0: The drama and the tragedy and the joy of the whole game was summed up in PKs like you rarely, rarely ever see, really.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um john mccarthy uh makes two great saves um and it's it's he puts on a great show but uh i think my moment that i remember the most uh from this pk showdown is the fact that gosh skied it he, <laughs> he skied a pk he and slipped he, and he, he on the slipped and fell flat on his ass and it's just like if the, if the soccer gods did not want that, you to win today,
3: that was, I'm Philly, sorry. that was
1: Philly's first PK. And when that happened, I was like, well, OK, th- it took it took 120 plus nine minutes, plus all the other stoppage time. But finally, here we
0: are. We have arrived. It's the Philly collapse. There was talk that the field had recently been replaced, that there had been some problems in that area. It all started when LAFC Christian Teo, the young uh, guy they signed who looks to be a talent and was very important for LAFC in the extra time when he came on, decided to dance around and do the hesitation thing and put some weak sauce to Andre Blake that he gobbled up. And then Gosdaw comes out and you think, oh, here we go. Philly's going to have the advantage. And then Gosdaw slips and falls down and puts the ball into orbit and... What what did we expect? I mean, <laughs>
3: after everything we had watched. Yeah. yeah, I I am so, so happy for John McCarthy. This is one of, this is an amazing story. And um, if you go on Twitter, I think you can find a video taken by an LAFC bench coach or something. And it shows just how emotional he was after the end of the game. I mean, he was crying in tears of joy. It was a beautiful to see. But I would not call those great saves. Those were just the three worst taken penalties I've ever seen in my life.
0: He made a good save Belgium. on Kai Wagner. Yeah, Wagner really put a nice shot. But the rest of Philadelphia, there was Jose Martinez did the hesitation thing. That was so easy. That was yeah. and Gosdok slipped. So and uh, at that Wagner point, was there, the only one I... that took a good PK and he made a good save on it. after Teo. You know, like, I'm just danced around L A F C. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead the really good, uh, uh, veteran that he is that LAFC went and got, got to dive early and just went right he, down he the just, gut. You went down at, uh, Bwonga just put his in LAFC went out and just shot the ball and Philadelphia was playing around and it's a scoreline. You don't really see, uh, LAFC won the, uh, penalty kicks by a score of what? Four zero three, three not three. three, three, zero three, zero. Yeah. Um, Not the way to go out for Philadelphia, but I'll be damned if I'm going to, you know, put a thing and call them a choker, as I saw on social media uh, for a Philadelphia team that fought like this when they didn't go their way in penalty kicks after what was it 130 136 minutes they played, yeah, given the stoppage time, not counting the first half, it was almost two and a half hours of game, (laughs) yeah it was oh, something else and uh who yeah who went and won the game for lafc and won the cup sean
2: um uh, before i say the name uh, i do want to I, I i need this to be on the record um they were not absolutely you know stunning saves but saving a pk is inherently a great save because anytime you can stop a pk yes it's an amazing thing and both these wanted to make sure that did.
0: was stated one got two, what the other one got one. So both these goalkeepers saved penalty kicks. Yeah. That is not something you see all the time either.
2: Oh, absolutely not.
3: But especially not when City's playing. Part, Louisville.
2: <laughs> my favorite part of PK's is the man that puts the game the, the cup winning goal in the by Andre Blake. It's none other than my one of my favorite players, elie And they, it was a very skillfully taken PK, and I think Blake even got a hand on it.
1: Yeah, he did. And, and it just it it still still went past in. Him. Yeah, just
2: oh Arley, was, he struck um, it low, and he struck it hard, and beautifully placed yeah. it in the bottom corner on
1: the turf. Yeah, bottom bottom far corner.
0: Blake gets a hand on it, but not enough, and that's that's that. And really, so many people that saw it are like, that's one of the greatest games I've ever seen, and clearly. Mm. The best MLS Cup final and probably the greatest game in MLS history. It wasn't the prettiest, but it was so compelling and exciting. And that's really sums up MLS. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay.
2: This game was so MLS, it hurts Mm. in a good way.
0: Unless you're
1: Maxime (laughs) Crippot.
2: Well, but yeah.
0: But him breaking his leg, he saved a goal. And may have saved the championship title for LAFC doing that. So he gave his And
3: if you look on Twitter, there are videos of him FaceTiming in with Gareth Bale to the trophy ceremony from the hospital. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He did it. But the best part about this game, better than everything else, is that this is the last ever MLS game without St. Louis City in the league.
0: That's right.
2: That's my favorite part. Yeah.
0: Ever.
1: An auspicious start.
2: <laughs> it's also the last time we can ever be mad that we we. it's the last time we can ever watch an MLS cup final and not be mad that city didn't win it.
1: I give us one more season. I'm not expecting us in the finals in the first year. I'm not expecting to golden knight this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see no, what happens this
0: week starting with the expansion draft. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of things here tell you about how MLS has changed and it's changing rapidly. There was a lot, a lot of celebrities in that stadium, including Philadelphia ones like Rob McElhaney, famously owner of uh, Wrexham (laughs) with uh, Justin Bieber is drinking some sort of drink on the sidelines there. Like, you know, Is I he can't...
2: old enough to drink alcohol? He's well, like after all this time, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he was an A-list celebrity was when uh, He when was wasn't holding up to drink, grade, but did so anyway. I'm not yeah. make that joke. And, and plus, I've got yeah. nothing to say about people that aren't
3: old enough to drink that do. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, there were those like uh, pop star celebrities, but Magic Johnson was <laughs> yeah. at this game. <laughs> Not only Ooh, that.
2: Yeah, that's, that's big.
3: <laughs> Charlie Davies,
0: after the match, I'm watching extra, MLSSoccer.com's Extra Time team doing a, a live on the field video on YouTube. And Charlie's Davies there, and he says, uh, he went over and talked to Magic Johnson, and Magic Johnson was telling him, I had no idea that this sport could give me a feeling like this. Will <sighs> Farrell was walking around all the advertising hoardings, uh, high-fiving everyone. There was reports that after the match, Christian Arango was just out there with the fans, just throwing all the, you know, jerseys and everything he could get his hands on, just throwing them to the crowd. Um, watching extra time, how long was it after the match? At least an hour? Supporter section looked like it was still completely, utterly full. They hadn't left. Yeah, uh, It really was something. And then you got players like Buanga that left Ligoon to come to... LAFC to come and play because they weren't getting opportunities in Lagoon, and He looks to be an exciting player. Um, You got Giorgio Calini. He was hurt but he never saw the pitch. Gareth Bale comes over to LAFC. He doesn't get on the pitch till uh, the 99th minute of the match in this one. These were bit players. Carlos Mm -hmm. Vela after the match ended up being his first league title ever in his long career. I forgot about this. We have
1: to talk about Carlos Vela who pulled absolute king here. Oh yes. And when Don Garber <laughs> is giving yes. his speech before he hands off before he hands off the trophy, Vela bombs his speech and gets an audible let's f- go on the air. <laughs> yes, he did.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <That was> Vela. <sighs> you see I I love those kinds of things uh but that's also because um I've I've seen MLS games where the ref is so wrong that uh the Who's Your Daddy chant got so loud it was picked up by the on-field mics and you couldn't even hear the broadcasters. I love those kinds of moments. It's amazing and it's organic and it's yeah. just... Yes. It really
1: <laughs> helps that we had Elfath, who I think did a very fantastic job of refing this game. I think um, most
0: people agree.
1: Yeah. Even that Jack Elliott thing... Um, I saw somebody responded to us on well Mike specifically on Twitter saying that like if it's a if it's a yellow card during the regular season, it's a yellow card during the final. I don't even think that's a yellow card a hundred percent of the
0: time. So you can't really even say that. And the officials are picked by the league for these matches because of their game management skills. Nobody's paying. It would have ruined this whole match if he had to you know, too quickly pulled out a yellow card and sent off a player in Philly had been down a man. The one mistake he made was not immediately giving Crepeau the the red card, but he also knows he's got VAR to back him up, probably knowing in his head that uh, uh, it's going to be a red card, but he gave a chance to have it to be looked at before he made a game-changing decision in what you know, he's an official. He takes crap from every side every day. I, you got to love the game, oh yeah. and he's got to love be in the middle of this going, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. <laughs> I think there also might be as, like as, a,
1: a human element to it where by the time that he's pulling out the yellow to show to crippo it's very obvious that Kripo has broken his leg and is leaving the game anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... Because like, I I, I thought it was funny I, that like you have to show a red card to a man that's being strapped to a gurney, but yeah, he you could see right. he like kneels down and he's like, hey, look, I just want you to know, I have to show you this. You, it, it was, that was dogs, though. That's the call. But you know, and like speaking to him like man to man, and then he stands up and he gives the you know the whole
2: like ref thing. Mm. Yeah, I I've I've had my my problems with Elphath in the past with you know, how he's called games, but he really did do a good job. uh, And I think my anger towards him has in the the past has been misplaced because it was against my team at the time. Um, But no, he definitely deserves, uh, he showed his true class in that game. Uh, He definitely deserves to be going to the World Cup and he definitely deserved, I believe he won ref of the year this year. Uh, I I have to applaud him. He did a great job because in that that moment, in that game, refing that game, I would have gotten lost in it for sure and he did not he was he stayed with it and did a did a really class job change
0: the subject a little bit a little there's just so many tidbits about how really crazy and great and how hard these teams played these two teams combined for a grand total of 13 set piece goals against them combined during the regular season in this game there was 5 scored that's nearly a third of what they did combined during the whole 30, 36 game schedule, and in one game there was five of them.
2: Uh, it's just and for those keeping score at home, that's there were only six goals in this game. Yeah,
0: <laughs> almost every
1: like there was like yeah there was one goal that came from the run of play. They were all either set
0: pieces or recycled set pieces. Yeah, uh, there's one last takeaway we can take from this is Philadelphia. You know, My heart goes out to them because they played so well and had the game won and did almost everything that they could do to win this. Uh, But uh, they have a payroll that's in the bottom third of the league. They have now won the Supporters' Shield. Last year they made the Eastern Conference Finals where they were devastated by COVID and took that to penalty kicks. And then this year they lose in this fashion in the Finals. That's a successful franchise, and it goes to show what an exceptionally productive academy can do for a team and keep costs down. Now, keep in mind, an academy costs a lot of money to to take care of all these uh, kids that are in it, but uh, to see them have this success, it really does look to be the blueprint that St. Louis City SC is after, and it goes to show by doing this, you don't have to be mid-table and enjoy your team. You can have tremendous success and put out exciting teams if you mix the academy, sell them on, spend a little in some places to get some people because Gazdag and Jure have been fantastic. But the rest of it hasn't really. They spent a lot of money on it, and they've got some great players. Kai Wagner, third division in Germany, bring him over. Now he's going to go to the first division, probably here in the uh, in the transfer window. Perhaps back to Germany, jumped two divisions. That's what he came here for. And that's what uh, kind of development, and that's what's making MLS a bigger and bigger thing. And we get better and better games. And this one, while it wasn't beautiful, oh my, was it exciting.
3: Yeah, uh, we've been sitting here talking this whole time about how amazing this is the best game ever. If I'm a Philly fan, this is the worst soccer game ever played.
1: <laughs> well, because you're from and- Philadelphia. Although I, I want to say I don't think that talking e- to you, Larry. <laughs> Even after the Phillies <laughs> lost later that night, I don't think Philly's too torn up about it because I saw that on Twitter that a lot of people were out at an abandoned pier watching a man eat his fortieth ro- whole rotisserie chicken in a- in a row. So. Um, Oh my god Yeah I think they're fine They have a new
3: thing that they're into And it's this guy that
1: eats rotisserie chickens every day That's
3: just just Philly Listen if we end up losing a playoff heartbreaker And we all go out and just down a bunch of toasted ravioli That's not That doesn't mean we're okay That's just how we go through things
1: (laughs) Yeah the man eating the rotisserie chicken Is in fact an unhealthy coping mechanism
0: (laughs) Are you really going through it If you don't say Oh I'm going through it (laughs) And throwing it back to St. Louis City SC, uh, looks like we'll be in the Western Conference, big rivalry with uh, Sporting KC. The big winner of this match was a guy on Twitter, I think it was Kevin Acho or something like that, that was streaming it. And he spread. it. I'm sure most people have seen it on Twitter or social media. When that last goal went in, he's shouting and shouting, and he just turns it in. What is he yell? MLS! (laughs) Like this. And he's... Streams Sporting KC Games, MLS, and Argentina. Uh, So get ready to look forward to his screaming
3: face (laughs) in the future, (laughs) City fan. (sighs) I'm not looking forward to it. (laughs) And I
0: did did reach out to Larry Henry Jr. and told him we were all thinking about him, our good friend, while he's in the press box there watching this match uh, (laughs) that we were feeling for him.
2: Yeah, he... But but we can confirm he is alive and well, and his mental state he is not is. completely broken? <laughs> yeah. Not completely, okay. but there
0: for a while, he was just a puddle in the press box floor, I believe. <laughs> we have, in fact, confirmed his location. <laughs>
2: okay, good. <laughs> good.
0: Yeah. That's enough for this episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and for Sean Campbell and Chris Zimmerman and producer Mason, we thank you for listening. Stay tuned. A little later this week, we'll have another episode in which we'll go over some roster rules, including international slots, senior players, homegrowns, all the categories that make up an MLS roster. So be aware for that. Once again, thanks for listening and bye for now.